0: Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, I'm glad to have you as a guest here on Base to Base. Honored, and- I'm honored. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, so let's uh, begin. When did you know music was going to be a part of your life? Um,
1: you know, I don't, I don't know if there was a a moment where it stood out. I knew. There was a moment where I was like, I want to pursue music. Um, And it was actually when I was like, probably like eight, seven or eight, um, Green Day's Dookie had just come out. And um, they had the music video for Welcome to Paradise. And so I was watching the music. music video and I love the music and um the video is just them like quote-unquote doing it live with the tr- with the record track under it mm-hmm. and there was just something about watching that show that made me go like oh man I want to do that like that would be so fun and I-, I think that moment was kind of the moment that made me go okay I want to w- what's it going to take for me to, you know, continue on with this, you know, so I think probably that, that moment, that's the moment that sticks out.
0: And like, what were your next steps? Like, cause I mean, you're like eight or, or so. So So
1: I was just a kid and, you know, we were a poor family so we didn't really have any instruments or anything like that. But, um, it was probably like first or second grade. And my brother was at that point in fourth grade started playing the trumpet. And so basically the next step was okay, I just got to get into fourth grade and then I can start playing an instrument. And then I can get, and then they pushed back when you can learn an instrument. So I had to wait until the fifth grade. And I think the only thing our elementary school really offered was like choir. So I like sang and it wasn't good. It was fifth graders. It was, you know, it was bad. Um, but I, you know, as soon as I could get into band, I did. And so that was middle school. So the next step was I had to wait until middle school to start doing
0: music. What did, uh, what'd you play?
1: I started on the alto sax and then, uh, on the summer from sixth to seventh grade, uh, my band director <laughs> absolutely lied to me <laughs> um, because he needed a tuba player, and I was the, like the biggest kid there. So he was like, "Okay, he could, he could carry it." And so he told <laughs> me that the best tuba players are sax players, which is a lie. There's no there's no correlation, um, and and so I I picked up tuba. And then um, I played tuba through through middle school and in high school. Um, and I actually didn't really get into, like, guitar and bass until high school. Um, my parents bought my... Um, gosh. He had to have been, like, 16. My parents bought him a, you know, a cheap secondhand store. It was, like, a pawn shop squire electric guitar and they were like you can't touch this guitar this is not yours this is your brother's guitar and i was just like man i want to play the crap out of that thing (laughs) (laughs) um but my birthday came around you know a few months later well like half a year later and um I was able to convince my grandpa, he was like, I'm not going to buy another guitar. And I was like, okay, can you buy me a bass guitar? (laughs) And so we found one for like 40 bucks at a pawn shop. And so I got, you know, a cheapo Squire bass, you know, the, the, the starter pack bass. Yeah. (laughs) And I would just, I played every day and just played all the time and and then when my brother moved on to drums his, like, junior year in high school, so I was a freshman, I stole his guitar because he just <laughs> left He left it. So I started playing bass, and I started learning guitar, and I started trying to learn both of them. And then when my brother would be, like, at a friend's house or something, I would play the drums, <laughs> even though it was, like, it was one of those, like... uh stepbrothers the stepbrothers thing (laughs) (laughs) where he's like don't touch my drums like it was absolutely like that and um i never defiled them like they did in the movie but i definitely played them um and it was hard to get away with it when i would like break the sticks or something (laughs) (laughs) busted yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so while you're um like learning all this what's the kind of music that you're listening to
1: i'm listening to like Pop punk, um, um blink 182, Green Day. Um, you know, at that time when I was starting to get into high school, like it, it was a big time for that kind of music. You had the the like really very poppy punk rock. Um so you, you had like simple plan. And uh, oh, gosh, there were so many bands that I can't even remember them. Um, There was a band that I really liked called the Riddling Kids. They were from they're from Texas. Yeah. Um, But it was it was that it was that crazy point in time where, um, you know, the music industry was like, okay, we're going to exploit this to the max. And so you could find like, quote unquote, punk everywhere. I remember going to target and there was a pop punk music video going on. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. I like that. And I went straight to the CD section, found the CD and then, you know, bought it and it was super accessible. So I was, it was a lot of pop punk. Um, of course there was like ska music. Um, I started getting into the Aquabats around that time because my, my brother's friend, Tom, So they were both seniors and, and um, Tom was a huge Aquabats fan and he would come over and he would jam with my brother. um, But my brother didn't really get into it. (laughs) And I was like, dude, this music's awesome. Like, this is so cool. And then um, oddly enough, he and my brother kind of um, went away from each other, but he and I became really good friends. And so we went to a bunch of Aquabats shows and stuff and um but it really built up my my ska repertoire um streetlight manifesto um some 41 that's not but that's what i was listening to um i think a really fine point for me musically like 2002 to 2004 there were a ton of albums that were just like huge influence for me during that time um And trying to think what else real big fish, you know, suburban legends, um, mad caddies, um, just a whole barrage of, of of music. And then, you know, I was listening to my mom's like classic rock. She loves, I I think it's a Mexican mom thing. (laughs) Like they hate music, but then you put the Beatles on and they're like, Oh my gosh. You know, like, (laughs) um, Cause my mom hates just will not listen to music, but you put the Beatles on and it's like, she's a teenager again. Yeah. Um But you know, we'd listen to the oldies. And so I started learning, learning some of the songs just to
0: get my mom off my back.
1: You know, it's <laughs> like, look,
0: I'm learning songs, you know, so like, it should be good. Yeah, man. That's the same for me. I grew up with my grandparents. So like my grandpa didn't, care for anything new it was all about like the oldies so right it's like learn sleepwalk learn how to play sleepwalk and that was like the the main the main song um yeah man it's crazy you got into ska like so early because i guess it just wasn't like popular um for us like over here in texas or at least like me where i grew up do you think like because did you grow up in california
1: I grew up in Southern California. I'm Southern California, born and raised. I grew up in Palm Springs, um, which is like the beautiful stepchild of Southern California (laughs) in in the sense of like, you know, it's a big tourist place, all that. But when you grow up there, there's nothing there like it's a terrible place to grow up. Um, There was just nothing for me as a kid and we were poor. So that made it even harder because all the fun stuff is expensive. Yeah, Um, But my aunt, who like, so our dad left us and um, his sister, you know, really filled in a lot of what was missing. Um, You know, she would always try to make Christmas really great for us. Like she went above and beyond. And um, so we were really close to her and she she married someone and um, his taste in music all around was very... Like he like, like Jimmy Buffett and Creed. So it was like, <laughs> you know, whatever, but back in like around the time it came out, he had the Save Ferris album. And that was like my first exposure to ska music. And it was then like, after that album, it was really like, okay, how can I listen to more stuff like this? And since I lived in Southern California, it, it I don't know if it was more accessible. Like, I I really don't know if it was more accessible, but we had like, um, shoot, what's the name of it? It was called warehouse music. So it was a big old, like they had every CD and they had a ska section. And so it was really easy to kind of like find stuff. So like, you know, as for whatever reason, Tragic Kingdom was like in the popular new releases, but it was also in the ska section and Real Big Fish's stuff was there and uh, Mustard Plug and, you know, all Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and the toasters. And so it, I, it was accessible. I didn't really understand it or like really appreciate it or call it my own until I was about in high school but I definitely had access to it and it always was cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> there yes. was there was there wasn't that weird stereotype where you're like, man, Scott sucks. And people are like genuine about it. And you're like, why? Like, why do you hate it? <laughs> like, we didn't really have that too much, at least in the circle I was in. Um, Palm Springs was a very like hardcore town in that they really liked hardcore music. Mm -hmm. i don't know the desert just makes you angry i don't know (laughs) um so there weren't any like ska bands or anything out there but it was me tom and a few other friends who were like listening to it and i was in band so like you show someone music like a cd with horns in it and they're like i dig it that's cool (laughs)
0: hell yeah so when did uh when did you want to start like pursuing like creating a band or joining a band
1: i think instinctively i was doing it for a long time like i was trying but i just could never mesh with anyone and then there was one time it was either like an english class or an art class it must have been a, a junior or senior and i met this guy named Armin. and um He like tried to join band, but he was joining it to play piano and it didn't really work. But we ended up talking and I found out he played guitar and he was like, oh, you play drums. Why don't you come being in in my band? And so we ended up being in a band together. There was the bass player Blaze and then the singer Cody and um, we were like this weird rock funk kind of thing we were called red star because i don't know man like <laughs> they really liked rage against the machine and um red hot chili peppers and now i want to think of another red band red i don't know um but they they really dug all that music and so we just made a bunch of music i think we came out with like an ep um I had nothing to do with like the lyrics. I was drums. That was it. That's all I really did. And, but that was my first band. And we played a good amount of shows being like teenagers and stuff. Um, I have, I have a a red star tattoo um, to cut, you know, to humble me, to, to keep me in that place where it's like, no matter how, wherever you are, remember you yeah. were terrible once. <laughs>
0: um, uh, yeah. For uh, Red Star, where, like, do you remember your first recording experience? So
1: we had a couple. So the first recording we ever did, we just did it in Armin's room. Um, I think someone had like an eight-track recorder, digital recorder. Um, and so we like recorded the first song and it was so bad like (laughs) the chorus and the verse the time was totally off like I knew nothing about you know clicks or anything like that we just performed it it was it was rough Um, and then um, we recorded a couple more songs kind of in that same way but we did it at Cody's house a little more upgraded gear Um, and then Armin's dad had a connection with a guy who had a studio and it was like in LA, um, and we were like, Oh crap, we're going to go record in a studio. Um, and like, it was a studio, but this guy recorded like mariachi bands and, and bandas and stuff. So like his perspective on rock music wasn't necessarily accurate. Um, but it was, it was a good experience, um, You know, I was in the drum room and had Armin with a guitar. And again, we weren't doing any click or anything like that. And it was it's crazy to kind of look back at it and be like, that was a very like raw and like cool experience. But I would net like if I recorded a new band, like fresh, fresh faces who've never recorded before, I'd be like, no, don't do that, man.
0: Yeah, I, I bring, bring it up because like, I mean, you whenever we're like collabing, like you send something so quickly and it's so like clear and like you just knocked it out. And just from how we started, because I was I went to some random dude's house one time with my first band and like it was it was cool. But it's like now I'm just older and I can like produce the same stuff from this room, you know, like
1: I think that's you know, I've always recorded at home. Um, I had a job when I was 16 and I paid for my own car and I paid for my own phone. Like, you know, I quote unquote, I had to hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would like save my money to buy recording equipment. And I remember the first interface I bought was an M audio interface. And I just used some, like, um program i down (laughs) program i downloaded from LimeWire, you know and um i just started recording and i would record all the parts um because there was no one who liked the music i like that wanted to do music so it was like well if i'm going to do this i got to do it by myself and i actually found a hard drive recently that has like the first record i'll send it to you later (laughs) it is rough um but I think, you know, I think technology has made it so that you can do those. Kind, you, you know, I'm not going to have like a like a perfect audio come out like like Goldfinger. You know, John Feldman, he has like a crazy studio and crazy equipment and all that stuff. I'm not going to have a recording that sounds like that, but I have a recording that I can publish and I can send out and it can compete. You know, I can make a profit from it. Um, And I have to say that that's like technology has just advanced so much that you can have a thousand dollar budget and buy enough equipment to make a studio. Um, And it's just crazy to think that, like, I'm not necessarily doing anything different than I did when I was a kid and recording in a room and all of that stuff, but it is technology wise. It's night and day. It is so different. You know, um, if I would have known 15 years ago that I could have like a good home studio where I could record stuff and it sounds good, I, you know, probably would have made a heck of a lot more effort at that time. Um, So yeah, it's, it's crazy to think how technology has just changed everything. You know, like I have, I have the new um, Mac mini and it was cheap for a computer for, I had like some discounts. So it was like 500 bucks and it's a workhorse. Like it does everything I need and then some, and I'll have 30 tracks going and there's no lag, there's no anything. I don't need like. A giant Mac Pro, you know, four hundred gigabyte hard drive or a RAM kind of thing. It's just you just kind of plug and play and go. And it's I don't know. It's just crazy that 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 we get to kind of be in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I I think I was with you too, like using Audacity or something to just to record or getting like these knockoff Auto Tune vsts and stuff back in the day um so okay so after red star uh where'd you go like musically so after red star i had
1: graduated high school i oh shoot i was about to skip so i worked at a music place in the desert musicians outlet it's no longer there um And one of the guys, Pedro, he played drums and he was in a band that for the desert was a really like, they were a popular band. Um, They they called themselves Jane Eyre and they were like a, (laughs) like a hardcore band, uh, Screamo. And um, he was like, you know, we're starting a new project. And, um, you know, we need a bass player. Do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. And so I went and it, it, you know, I think it was more of like, a like a brand new, like a post-punk kind of emo vibe. Um, but Peter, man, he was such a good, like his his big influence was Travis Barker and he like (laughs) practice. So he nailed it, man. And he was so good. Um, But I learned, you know, I learned kind of like the intricacies of simple playing, not playing too much. Um, It was a step up. Like they had been in bands for like five, five years or something. Um, And they were a couple of years older than me. And so I learned a lot about, you know, like that expectation. I was really underprepared for it. And so coming into that, it was like, okay, I need to change my game. Um, and we played a couple shows, but for whatever personal reasons or whatever, I, I, ended up moving to LA and, um, ended up in a suburb close to Pasadena where some of my family lived. And, um, I went to citrus college, which was the same college that the no doubt people went to, um, and like one of my music teachers was no doubts, one of No Doubt's trumpet players and um, took a, shoot, what was it? It was like a pop rock class. So we just, you basically rotated into getting in bands and playing with different people and started music and stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I want a ska band. I forget want a ska band. And so I posted a bunch of posters all over the campus saying I'm looking for a ska band. And people called up, and we so we started the Toyotas, which was the, my first ska band. So that was like 2008, 2009. And we it was um, Alfredo who played trumpet, Mikey who played trombone. We had a rotating cast of drummers, and then we had John who played bass, and I played guitar and sang, and I had no right to sing. Um, And then we had um, Tori, who was uh, the second guitarist. And so we were together for, like, a year and a half, and we played a bunch of shows. Like, we played a lot of shows, and we were mildly successful, like, minimally successful in, like, Lake Elsinore, which is, you know, one of the cities in the deserty part. Um, But we ended up playing with some, like, we played the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, but it was, like, a pay-for-play so it was it was fun, but kind of a ripoff. Yeah, uh, We played a ton of backyard shows, and those were always... Backyard shows are where it's at, man. Those need to come back. <laughs> um, and then we played some venues throughout Southern California, and it was really fun. It was really fun. And then before we could really take off, I moved to San Diego for college, and it was basically a big break from like bands and stuff. Um, Yeah. I took a big break because I was doing music in college and just kind of busy with that. And that's actually because of college. Um, I went to San Diego Christian college and they had little like campus bands and stuff like that. And the lady, Tony who put those bands on, she pushed me and she was like, you have to play the click. You have to. And so I spent hours, 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 hours just locking into click. And I think like when you said my turnaround's pretty quick on music, it's because I was just like, I have to get the click down or else it doesn't work. And so I think that actually helped a ton to get that quick turnaround because not really messing around too much outside of like, Laying down the click and, you know, I, uh, uh, yeah. So went to college and then um, got out of college, got married, moved to Orange County, and then it was a little bit of time and then started up my band. Good luck, ugly. And um, then this last year actually got some, members from the old band but then some other great bands we played with and brought back the toyotas so right now the active bands are good luck ugly and the toyotas they're both active right now so that's that's fun
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so um i know you you're a teacher did you go to school to become a teacher or did yeah uh
1: yeah I knew I wanted to teach music when I was in high school. I had a really good high school music teacher. Um, I went to Palm Springs high school and, um, he treated me good. Um, and the program was crazy. Like we had like 120 kids in the program. And, um, while I was there, we went to, uh, Scotland, Denmark, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, Um, and performed. Yeah. And so like band was always such a really good, like I had a really rough home life and band was always the escape. And so I was like, I want to teach that. Like, I don't want to teach math or science. I want to teach that. And so I went to college and I got my degree in music. Um, but I was really, I, I don't want to say dumb, but I was really naive about how I, planned my educational process looking back I would have done it a lot different but I had what I had and did what I did so I didn't become a teacher until like two years after I graduated and then now this will be this will be my sixth year teaching so I didn't go specific I got I went to get the at least the content of what I was going to teach, but I'd probably go back and actually do like music education or something like that to learn those, those tricks of the trait of how to teach music better. I know music really well. And so now I'm on the path of how do I teach music better? So, you know, I would have gone for that, but originally went for music because I was going to be a professional musician.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I wish I went, to, I wish I finished college. I started, didn't finish it. Um, so music teaching has been a music teacher during this whole like pandemic. Sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Kids are fantastic. They're resilient. I don't wish this upon them. I wish we as adults could have done a better job. Um, but the kids are so awesome and so resilient and um, you know, I had really, really, really good kids in my program. and so we, you know, we were able to end up recording some songs and you know, we'll publish those. but it, you know, the experience sucked. like it's not it's not fun to teach music. It's not fun to teach anything. But when you, ha- when you have something that is so communal as music, um, it sucks because, you know, like the kids depend on each other to get better. I'm a very, my, my classroom is very like work together, work on your own, work together, work on your own, work together. Like I give the kids lots of practice time where I can kind of construct how they're practicing so that they're not worrying about it at home. I, you know, I work at a school that has a lot of underprivileged kids who have to like work. And so, you know, my expectation of them is like do your best and get better. Um, and however you need to do that, do that. And I'll just give you room in classroom to hopefully get some of that done. And so to have that classroom and that space removed for a whole year and a half was just, terrible um though i do think the kids understand music theory a lot better i'm really excited to get back into the classroom and kind of get back into that communal experience of of band
0: yeah yeah man um are you you're going back to school this next school year
1: yeah cool. as far as i understand it we're like there may be masks required in certain aspects, but we're like, we're high school. So it's, you know, I, I don't know how I'm vaccinated. So I feel comfortable kind of doing whatever, make sure the kids are safe. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, we're going back to the classroom and then, you know, if we have to practice in a big room that we normally wouldn't practice, so we have to practice outside, we'll make do but at least we'll be in the classroom in some way shape or form instead of online.
0: Yeah. Um so during this pandemic how what have you been doing like with the good luck ugly and the toyotas like how its practice and writing um going? Well,
1: before the pandemic hit, good luck ugly we actually parted ways with our drummer and um but there was a lot of music that I was writing and then the pandemic hit and it was like, well, we can't really practice. Can't do this or that. And so I talked to the bass player, Chris, and I was just like, I want to get this album out, but I don't know. I think the best way or the easiest way considering the pandemic is if I just record everything. And so he was like, okay, you know, do your thing. And so I ended up recording, you know, a whole album by myself where I, Performed it, wrote it, mixed it, sent it off to get mastered because I still don't know some of that stuff. I know more now, but then I didn't. And, um, and so I wrote an album and produced and published it in like three months, I think. So we moved into a new house in June. And I built my little studio in the garage. And then, uh, I think from like September to November, well, September to December, whenever it came out, that was all writing, recording, producing all that stuff. And so, you know, it was, it was hard with full-time job, wife and a kid and then, somewhere in that time, found out my wife was pregnant with our second kid. So it was like, oh gosh, everything's happening. But we, I got it done, and so that was that was cool. And then got the Toyotas back together. We were able to record and you know quarantine, COVID-friendly kind of um, way, um, and now. I think every, well, I know Chris got the vaccine and I'm pretty sure everyone in the Toyotas is vaccinated. So we're, we're looking to kind of get practices back together. Um, The Toyotas were working on releasing some music, recording and releasing some music. Um, But I think in the quarantine, I've written more songs in the last year and a half than I've written like in my whole life. I think I've written like 30 songs during this quarantine. Jeez. It's, yeah. It's because, <laughs> you know, like you got you want to go hang out with that family? We can't. We <laughs> can't. So we're going to be home. The kids are asleep. My wife's asleep. My brain's going a thousand miles an hour. I guess I'll go write some music, you know? So yeah. I, yeah, it. that's the one thing I can say as far as the pandemic goes. Like there's been a lot of music writing um and you know will the toyotas will be recording hopefully as the pandemic is starting to tr- draw to its end mm-hmm. but you know during the quarantine release an album release a toyota song we'll be releasing a cover song this week and or whenever this is released it'll be in the past but <laughs> yeah. uh We'll have released a cover song. And um, yeah, because this is for the future, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we did Law by MU330, because uh, okay. like we covered that song when we were a band mm-hmm. and everyone always thought we wrote it. They were like, Oh man, I love that song you guys <laughs> you guys wrote Law. And I'm like we didn't we didn't write it, that's MU three thirty. And so we were <laughs> like, Well, we might as well cover it because we got that kind of reputation behind it. Um and so we did that. And then we'll be recording. We'll be finished writing and, and recording. Um, I don't know if it'll be an album or an EP, but that'll probably come out this year or early next year. Depends on what happens with the quarantine and stuff. We'd yeah. love to we'd love to get with a label and distribute and all that stuff, but who knows
0: yeah for sure it's so funny uh young costello we cover hey from suicide machines okay and like everyone thinks it's our song
1: yeah (laughs) it's 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 like the fun yet kind of bad part about picking like an obscure song even though like law was on their live album like they did it a lot yeah. but like people just don't know it and you know you pick that obscure song for we're like i love that song you guys you know <laughs> yeah. man it's like we didn't make it i didn't, didn't do it yeah not us not us yeah
0: yeah no but that that's really funny um and then for so for people who don't know i just met you on twitter like yes so i think for the garth brooks cover just like really randomly
1: yeah because i think it was i tweeted like there yeah, should be you like a country there's should yeah. be country ska country covers or something like that yeah and then you were already working on some yeah. And so i think it all kind of came from that
0: um, yeah 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 that was pretty wild and like and the back and forth is just so quick because like also what i've been doing is like doing covers with friends so i've had already like 10 covers that like just had little pieces here there to fill in so it was just it just worked out like again you just put out the the parts like so quickly so it's like okay like I'm gonna do the same so when you're asking for the other cover base parts it's like I'm gonna knock this out I'm gonna just get it done I'm I'm sorry for giving you that kind of (laughs) expectation (laughs) no no it's good like for the quarantine for what it is too like it kind of pushed me to, you know, make the podcast and reach out to people. Cause I mean, for the most part, like I'd stay to myself. So this is all a new experience. I'm a little more comfortable now. And with mm-hmm. YouTube, since we're like tweet at each other all day or whatever, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it, it's wild. It's probably the best thing to come out of the quarantine. Yeah. Being able to connect with people you normally wouldn't. Well,
1: and then too, you've, you're getting that experience of connecting with some like really cool musicians. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm excited for this yeah. season, you know, uh, and yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. It's crazy. Right it's wild. And so, but I, I think that too, like maybe that is the upside. There's very little upside of the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. COVID is horrible. Go get vaccinated. Yes. But, um, I think like the one upside is everyone felt it. Yeah. Like everyone from the richest person to the poorest person to the famous people to the unknown, like everyone felt it. And um I I think that in some way like connected people yeah. in in a weird way. And so like even the people that we felt were unreachable are now like at arm's length in some way digitally Mm -hmm. arm's length um and so there's that weird thing where like you know Scott Kloppenstein from Real Big Fish like he follows did I say that right I bet I didn't (laughs) um I'm Mexican I don't pronounce things right um but he you know like he follows us and he likes our stuff and i'm just like i idolized you and i still do like why how does and i think it just shrank the world a little bit um in a lot of ways and i think that there is that cool that cool change that i hope that that stays a little bit you know um as life slowly starts to kind of go back to normal um i do hope that 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 aspect remains strong and if anything people lean into it a little more Um, yeah that'd be cool
0: yeah for sure Uh, to like touch on that like there's so much that you can do with just an email like you just reach out or you know don't be creepy but like a dm to you know someone you like like or follow like could be don't be creepy that's don't be what creepy. i creepy. that's what i forgot to do man God.
1: <laughs> i gotta fix that
0: yeah don't be creepy but like i don't know just an email even for shows like it goes for shows and stuff sending a message or an email to a promoter or yeah. a venue like you never know what can happen
1: yeah and i think it uh, like in that same way i think it's made those people who like like promoters and venue people f- used to feel miles away before the pandemic and now it feels like, well, I'm just going to send a message and you get responses back sometimes. And you're like,
0: <laughs>
1: shoot, okay, <laughs> let's do something with this, you know? So yeah. I feel you there for sure. Yeah.
0: Um. So what can we expect for the rest of 2021 in the future for your acts?
1: Um, I think like the Toyotas will have new music. Good Luck Ugly. Um, I know we just released that album, but I think I'm going to try to get, because that's more of a like pop punk with a little bit of ska. Mm -hmm. And this last album, there was a lot more ska, but I think I'm going to pull that back and leave the ska to like the Toyotas. And so this will be more pop punk. Um, And I think we might try to get like an EP because there were some songs that didn't get on the album that are still solid songs that could could do good um in an ep form mm-hmm. um and then um you know we got holy shnikes mm-hmm. building up and <laughs> oh, so yeah. we're just doing some covers um and so yeah i've got like a list of cover songs that i want to do and you've got you you know a big old list but we're doing um good for you yeah um olivia olivia rodrigo um and we got the lead singer from mega wave yeah that's gonna be Um, exciting and there's so much stuff kind of going on there um so i think i think i think to answer your question more concisely is there's a lot of stuff coming out exactly what I don't know, but I feel like there's just a lot of projects and a lot of great, great movement going. I know you and I will probably be on a comp or two coming up, and so the, there's that. And you know, I I think I think that that might be more prevalent because you know, uh, I think a lot of the the DIY labels are starting to really push for that and I I think that's great so my hope my big hope the thing I'm really hoping for that isn't set in stone but my one of my plans for 2021 is get some shows like going you know um love to play some shows so working on that for sure but lots of music coming out hopefully some shows um lots of different stuff too so
0: be on the lookout. Yeah. 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 You got to come to Texas. I know. We'll get, I'm telling you, you can stay here. I'll get you some Tex Mex enchiladas. My family owns a restaurant. Oh, come shoot. on. Come. And good. then,
1: and then you'll come <laughs> to California. Yeah. And I'll take you to Disneyland.
0: Hey. That's,
1: yeah. that's where everyone wants to go. And then uh, I'll give you West Coast Mexican food, which is burritos. No, <laughs> it's uh, seafood. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's very lime, lime oriented. Perfect. Yeah. Which is delightful. Yeah. It, it's that weird. It is that weird <laughs> thing of like, we, you and I have a very, probably a very um, similar background, but it, it's that thing of like, you're, you're kind of that East coast. Chicano and I'm the west coast Chicano it's yeah. like, and I say that in the scope of Mexico the east coast of Mexico not the east coast of America you're yeah. you're in the south you're you know southwest but yeah
0: yeah no, there, there's <laughs> definitely a difference when we go up to LA like the food like the Mexican food and I mean to me is like more Mexican authentic like for us over here we're like Tex-Mex which is still Mexican influence but still has a different Texas
1: I, I feel thing. like the vibe to it is, is something to do with the ingredients yeah like there are similar ingredients but like salsa in Texas and even in the that part of Mexico that's close to the border
0: mm-hmm.
1: it tastes so different than like what you're going to see in like Baja or yeah. like Mazatlan or something like that and I think it's ingredients, but that's a that's
0: a different conversation. Yeah. We should we'll just make a food podcast. Yeah, talk about different kind of Mexican food. Oh, uh, that would
1: be so good. I mean, and then we would eat it.
0: That's yeah. all. That's it. All right. Yeah, you know, we're going. We're gonna go to Orange County. Yeah. Um. All right. So, where can people listen to you? Uh, and yeah, where can they listen? To uh, you? Spotify. Uh, for sh- or any
1: streaming thing. So, if you look up Good Luck Ugly. Or the Toyotas. I'm almost positive we're the only thing that pops up. um, Because Good Luck Ugly is such a dumb name that it like I try to pick names that like mean something to me, but also like if you search for it, there's nothing else. And so Good Luck Ugly, the Toyotas, the thing that's good about the Toyotas is, is like no other band comes up. Tons of Toy Yodas come up. But um what's funny is like that name doesn't has nothing to do with like the toys that or Yoda for that matter, but like my mom who doesn't speak English, when she sees (laughs) when she sees a a Toyota car, yeah, like a Toyota Corolla, she's like Toyota. (laughs) And it's like that's a Tima. There's no there's no D there. Toyota. Um uh toyota's we're on spot at all the streaming sites uh we have like a camp um good luck ugly has some merch toyota's has some stickers um what's the what's the holy shnikes is that
0: oh holy shnikeska is everything holy
1: shnikeska there. yeah um and uh you i guess you could follow me on twitter What's my thing? Mike likes ska. Yeah. Um,
0: and yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, I think we touched all bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. I, I'm pretty sure I could talk to you for like another hour or two. <laughs> um, so we'll wrap it up for now. But uh, yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you, meeting with you um, face-to-face kind of. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for man. having
1: me on honestly like thank you so much appreciate it.
0: Yeah absolutely man. Well, had tons of fun. I will catch up with you uh later and you just have a good day. You too man. All right man. Later. All right. See ya.